And now it's time for USC Trojan Talk with Coach Harvey High. Brought to you by Terribles. Listen to the coach each week on KSHP AM 1400 and follow the coach on Twitter at Coach Harvey High. And now, here's Coach Harvey High. Well, good evening in Las Vegas. It's USC Trojan Talk time, brought to us by Terribles and Coors Light, and in the Inland Empire, every Saturday morning, we welcome all of you on AM 1490 on your dial for USC Trojan Talk from 11 to 12, year around. We have a great guest tonight. You'll be surprised who we have. Uh, I'll tell you his name in a moment. But before we do and bring in our guest, let's thank our sponsor for our opening segment, which is Mercedes-Benz of Henderson, proud sponsors of USC Trojan Talk, contacted general manager himself, that's Jim Chasen, for all your family pricing. Call him at 702-485-3000. That's 702-485-3000. Now our special guest tonight on USC Trojan Talk, and in the morning in the Inland Empire, Yogi Roth, a name that you recognize. I can see him right now on my TV screen and uh, broadcasting all the Pac-12 football games and all the other events he does as a football coach. He's done it all, the NFL, college football, and uh, he's loved by everybody. Yogi, how you doing, buddy? Uh, it's one of my favorite moments of May. We've been doing this, God, it feels like five, six years now, man. Uh, thanks for having me on. I'm doing great. Enjoy to be on your show again. I'll tell you one thing, Yogi, I know it's been a while because you have a seven-year-old, and I knew you and had you on the show before you had that seven-year-old, and even before you were married. Do you remember that? I do, I do, yeah. We've, uh, you've seen many lifetimes, so now we got almost a two-year-old as well, so we're rolling here with our little squad. Well, congratulations, my man. I'll tell you what, uh, you're a great guy, and your wife's, I've met her once, she's a great person, and... And uh, I just want to thank you. You're a busy guy. You're everywhere, and to take your time to be on our show, we really appreciate it. I don't know where to start with you. You wear so many different hats, and you've worn so many different hats as far as you're such a youngster to me, yet you've done so many different things that that's what's so great about you. You've coached on the college level. You won a national championship or several at USC couple. You've been in the NFL. You've done radio, television. You're a great surfer. You've written a book. You travel around the world. I mean, you've got all everything in the proper order. Now you have such a wonderful family that you were, were, have worked so hard to to be, uh, uh, say, a, a parent of and a leader of your family. And, and this is what you've always uh, wanted to be. But, Yoga, I don't know where to start, but let's start with this. Let's start with uh, spring practice. You had the opportunity of not only seeing the Trojans, I saw you down there in the field walking around, but in the morning of the Trojans' uh, spring game, you were over at UCLA, you saw their spring game, you've seen most of them throughout the Pac-12. Let's talk about it a little bit. Your impressions of the spring games that you've seen in the Pac-12 uh, this spring? Yeah, I've really enjoyed this this spring. I think our league has had a dramatic upgrade at the quarterback position. I think that's you know, you know, everybody talks about that and asks about that, as you know, but I think it's fair in this league, right? I often refer to the Pac-12 as the cradle of the quarterbacks. You look at the history of this league at that position, and I think the last couple of years it hasn't been as elite across the board as it had in its past. But I look at this year, and I look at Arizona, Jane Delora, who's the freshman offensive player of the year at Washington State last year. Arizona State, Emory Jones, transfers in from Florida, who started there, was a huge recruit out of high school. Cal is elevated with Jack Plummer. So, uh, he, he, I think he's an improved passer than Chase Garbers, who they had. Stanford, Tanner McKee might be the top 15 draft pick next year uh, at that position. Colorado, TBD, but one guy who got a lot of burn last year. Uh, and then they have a transfer who came in two years ago that was a little banged up. And, and I keep looking at Oregon, right? they got two players that I think are – qualified for the position. Oregon State, returning starter. SC, we know what they have. UCLA, Dorian's a four-year starter. UW, they got three guys capable at Washington State. He's probably the second-best quarterback in the portal behind Cam. Uh, Caleb Williams is Cam Ward. So I, that, that's like the first thing. And I think that's going to elevate the league. And I've said this many times on other shows, is that the top six quarterbacks in the Pac-12, our league, I think are better than any other Power Five's top six, if you comp them. 
And I get that Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud are the one in their respective leagues, but Caleb Williams could be in that dialogue, right? Like, maybe. Right? Like, I think it's a fair, you know, by the end of the year, who knows? But even if he's not, you know, our two through six, the rest of the way, I think, are better than every other conference. Yogi, when you when you talk about uh, seeing all these quarterbacks and so on, and for everyone that I want them to know exactly why you've seen them, you uh, are a broadcaster on the Pac-12 Network. You have been for the last several years. You do their games weekly. Uh, you do all the spring games. Uh, uh, you're very much uh, involved in the Pac-12. You do a, a weekly show. Uh, uh, I forget the name of it. Uh, why don't we plug that? You do it during the season. I have you yeah. on another station. What is that show? Yeah, um, we just did our last episode, and your audience will love it. It's with Matt Liner. It'll come out in a couple of weeks. We just recorded it yesterday. It's called The It Factory, and it's where we explore what I think is the most overused and also most undefinable phrase, which is the It Factor. They have the It Factor. He has the It Factor. She has the It Factor. But what is it? Like, you can't see it. Right? So we went through and talked to 40 different people that were elite on the field last year, um, in past years as alumni, guys like Joey Harrington and Liner, as I referenced, and also some coaches took a deep dive this week with Dan Lanning at Oregon. Uh, that episode just aired. and It's a really cool platform for me to have long-form dialogue with our top players, top coaches, top personalities in history. And it's fun. It's fun to, you know, you, you've done this for a long time. It's fun when you get to talk for 30, 40 minutes instead of three or four minutes and a couple sound bites. So I hope they like it. Uh, it's completely built to be for the players. Like I hope every player at every locker room listens to that and they're like, yep, okay, I get it. That's what Steven Jackson said. Or that's what a high-performance psychologist just advised me to do in this world of NIL. Whatever it is as we go through our 40 episodes, it's been really cool to do that. So, yeah, man, we do that every week. It'll, it'll run for another month. We'll take a little break and come on back in training camp and kick it off for uh, Season 2. Yogi Watt joins us here on USC Trojan Talk. Yogi... There's been a change in broadcasting. I think John Madden brought it along first of all as far as having experienced coaches and players do the color and broadcast with their broadcaster and so on today. I really think that when you have people like yourself and others who have the experience of playing the game and coaching the game and having like Matt Leinhardt and you see it all around the NFL and college football today, I think the caliber of broadcasting and the explaining of what's going on in the game is so much better than it's ever been before. Yeah, I, I think there's something to that. I think our space is really interesting, right, because let's just look at uh, you know, these deals in recent days, right, Tom Brady and the astronomical number he's gotten or what's reported around Herb Street and Al Michaels or whatever it may be. Like there's this world where it's like the 1% are getting paid such a big amount of money uh, to do this craft. And then – when I look at or listen to other games, I sit back and say, man, there's a lot of really talented people that know the game and share it in a different way. And I think the, the consumer is also changing, right? Like there's a different savvy around football than there was 20 years ago. And it's because everybody can, you know, kids can play the game, right? They can play Madden. They could play a video game. But they could also get access to a documentary series like Tom Brady's Man in the Arena. Um, they can get access to great podcasts with great athletes and YouTube shows. And I just think that the viewers also like grown. So I think it's really fun for us as those guys that are trusted to have a headset on and a microphone, much like yourself to say, okay, can I meet you as a viewer where you sweat? What are you interested in? Uh, I don't need to dramatically dumb it down, but I need to be concise. I also need to be entertaining. I need to be fun. I need you to think like, yeah, I'd like to hang out with this guy or have a beer with this crew or whatever it may be. And I, I think that it's easy to tell when you turn on a game who has that type of connectivity in the booth. So whether it's one of those guys, you know, at the highest level in the NFL or Ted Robinson and myself, who I think, you know, we, we do all the top games in the Pac-12, you could tell that Ted and I hang out all the time. And, and I hope that when you're listening to us, you feel like you're hanging out with us as well. And it's something we work really hard at, and it's a really fun craft, man. I, I was the kid in the backyard calling his own games at eight years old, you know, just shooting hoops. And now that I get to call it a career, it's never lost on me what a gift it is. Well, yeah, you know, I always say uh, I went into coaching because I didn't want to. I didn't want to work for a living, because I love what I do. And now I'm in this. What I do now is I get a chance to talk about what I did. I think you have the same type of philosophy. 
Yeah, I, 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 I was telling somebody today at lunch, man, and you'll appreciate this, that when I was in college, you, know, you, you don't really know what you want to do, especially back then, like, the Internet barely existed. You didn't really know what opportunities. It was kind of like, maybe I'll coach, maybe a lawyer, maybe a teacher. Uh, but I never once was like, football, broadcasting is an actual job. I always thought it was a side hustle for everybody, right? And then I would be playing, and I would meet Jack Aroot. I got to meet Kirk Herbstreit, Bob Davey, guys that I'm still friends with now. I, and I would go sit in the TV trucks. They'd come in on a Thursday. They'd go to practice. They'd sit in on meetings. And what I learned was, like, I had a valuable asset to them. I'd talk about the team and our game plan and my teammates, et cetera. And then I would flip it and say, hey, teach me about your job. And I remember being blown away when I was like, so, Herbstreit, like, you don't have another job? Like, this is what you do? You're not selling insurance on the side? He's like, no, dude. And I remember walking back to my dorm being like, holy crap, like, this is a profession? I could do this as a job? And, and now that I get to do it, and, and we all know it's not easy. Like, when I was starting off, like, you had three or four other jobs just to make ends meet. But it, at some point, if you get lucky, you get to call it your craft. And, and man, have I loved it. And, and I mean it. Like, I, I tell my wife all the time, and I'm like, totally living my dream. I get to be one of two or three people every weekend with a headset on and the best seat in the house at the 50-yard line, trusted to share the game with viewers. And if you looked at my call sheet as a broadcaster, it says two things at the bottom. One is celebrate the game, and two is coach the viewer. And that's what I think my responsibility is, and, and I take it real seriously. You really do, Yogi, and you do a great job, and that's why we have you on. We respect you. We respect your ideas, your feelings, your philosophy, and your uh, knowledge of the game of football. But, Yogi, we've got to take a short time out here on USC Trojan Talk. When we come back, let's sort of move to the different area, of a couple of new things that everyone is experiencing in college football. That's the portal as far as transferring of uh, student-athletes from one school and the other in the NIL. We'll talk about that in a moment with Yogi Ross, again in the Inland Empire. Good morning to you on AM 1490 on the dial. Live in Las Vegas this Thursday evening, we thank Terrible Herbs and Coors Light. And also we thank our sponsor for our opening segment, that's Mercedes-Benz of Henderson, proud sponsors of USC Trojan Talk. Call Jim Chase and himself. He's the general manager at 702-485-3000. That's 702-485-3000 for Mercedes-Benz of Henderson. Fight on and buckle up. We'll be right back. I'm Harvey Hyde. fans announcing Terrible's game day giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible Social House app. And you could score that week's $1,000 Raiders shopping spree. <laughs> Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terrible's.com for more details. The Rose Bowl Legacy Foundation preserves, protects, and enhances the future of the Rose Bowl Stadium as a national historic landmark. America's Stadium has hosted two Olympic Games, with a third one coming in 2028, two World Cup Finals, five Super Bowls, and the granddaddy of them all, the Rose Bowl since 1923. It is the epic center of college football and is the most iconic stadium in the world. To learn more about how you can support the Rose Bowl Stadium as it turns 100 years young, visit www.inspire, which spells inspire2022.org. Something really special and new. Floyd's 99 haircuts, colors, and straight razor shaves. Where at? Well, Southwest Las Vegas at the 215 and South Rainbow. Yes, you can have all of it in one show. Each cut comes with a hot lather, neck shave, and shoulder massage. Classic barber-style services in a family-friendly environment, perfect for mom or dad and the kids. Full color bar and salon services as well. Floyd 99 Cuts and Colors. Expert service, amplified experience. Go to floyd99.com. For location information, that's Floyd99.com for location information. 
Well, welcome back to USC Trojan Talk, live in uh, Las Vegas, Nevada, on this Thursday evening, brought to us by Terribles and Coors Light. And in the Inland Empire on Saturday morning, we welcome all of you on AM 1490 on your dial 11 to 12, the year around. Yogi Roth joins us in the Pac-12 Network, uh, coach at USC, national championships at USC, uh, coach in the NFL, uh, has done it all. And again, Yogi, uh, we're back here, and I love this uh, show that we do once a year together. Yogi, the portal is something that is out there in college football, and rather than ask you if you like it or you don't like it, and this is where athletes transfer from schools, how do you think this is affecting college football? Dramatically is probably the easiest way to say it, Uh, but I'll tell you a story. Here's my thought, and I tried this out with my wife the other night. Uh, I said, who's one of your favorite players that I have talked about over the years. And she goes, oh, I, I loved when you talked about Khalil Tate. He was so fun to watch. And I said, okay, in this world, and I'm just projecting, right? I'm not putting words in Khalil Tate's mouth. But after his incredible sophomore season in the transfer portal, after his coach gets let go for off-the-field circumstances, there's a world where he does not finish his career at Arizona if you're able to transfer and be immediately eligible, in my opinion. If he did that, Arizona fans, I think we would all agree, probably would have a little bit of a sour taste in their mouths for him leaving the program. And let's just say he went to UCLA, right? He came back home to play for Chip Kelly and run his offense. Let's say he did well, but he wasn't Troy Aikman. Maybe he wasn't even Brett Hundley, but he had a really good career. Where does he rank in the UCLA lore of their program? Probably not near the 1%. So my point is that when we play this thing out of the portal, in 10 years, and 15 years, all these guys that are leaving and that aren't having an identity at a college or aren't building roots at that school, which that, that university's brand will always be bigger than the player, right? Michigan's brand is still bigger than Tom Brady. USC's brand is bigger than Matt Leinart or Carson Palmer or all the greats that have come through. My, my point is that these players are going to lose any association to a school that can help them when their playing career is done. Right In that instance I just gave you, how many Arizona alums are going to really help out Khalil? I, I don't know. Maybe a bunch, but maybe not. And I think that's what we're going to see. And the game is going to continue to become, within the white lines, more of a business. And, and that's sad to me because I think that one of the coolest things about college football is the pageantry. Now, I'm all four players seeking the best opportunity, and I understand the argument of coaches can leave after a year, and, and I'm down for players getting paid, all those things. Uh, but – the game's going to take a hit, and I don't think anybody's talking about the players' association with the school taking a hit because it's, it's going to happen, right? And there'll be very few instances of a guy like Caleb Williams who's got multiple years remaining and was a star as a freshman. Like Caleb has a chance to go down as one of the greats at SC, but he still won't be bigger than the logo, the interlock, as they like to say on campus. And that's what I'm worried about is guys bolting and only plan for a year and having no affiliation, deep roots within a school that could help them when their career is over. Like, like I could call Pitt today and get a ton of help. I wasn't a great player. I was a solid player. You can call your alumni. Like we're, I think you get my point, and that, that's, that's really where my head goes on a lot of this stuff. I agree with you 100%. Uh, the old saying, once a Trojan, always a Trojan. Well, I don't know if you can say that about some of the players that came there as a USC Trojan or an athlete having an opportunity to go to USC. And uh, when things maybe uh, weren't right for him on the field, uh, he didn't want to challenge for a position or wait his turn. He just leaves and goes somewhere else. I don't think that teaches young people anything as far as competing as far as and and being a part of a program like you say for life and being able to go back to that campus. And I think this is what's hurting college football and hurting the individuals themselves. Yeah, well, uh, so I'm working on a book that's going to come out before the season that you're going to love. It's called Five Star QB. And I've interviewed over 40 five-star quarterbacks in history, a lot of them from this illustrious conference in the Pac-12. And and their stories are amazing. But when you look at the hard data, right, so between 2000 is when rankings began, and now there's been 130 quarterbacks deemed a five-star quarterback. Five-star, by definition, is a franchise player. Well, out of those 130, only one ever won a Super Bowl, and it was Stafford last year for the Rams, his 13th year in the NFL on his second team. But in college, 
over 50% of those quarterbacks transferred. When they transferred, only 60% of them started. So what's my point is, like, the affiliation with these schools is going to be dramatically lessened, like we just gave in those examples. But the reality that isn't going to change is the amount of players that go play at the next level. Right? The NFL didn't double the amount of rounds they have in the draft. They didn't add five more teams. So the same percentage of players are still getting drafted. But the challenge is that everybody transferring, right, the over 3,000 players that were in the portal in the last calendar year, they're not all, A, going to find a landing spot. And they all think they're going to go to the league because that's what every roster thinks anyway. We know that, and I love that about the optimism. But we also know the truth. And I'm just worried about the crash that's going to happen to a lot of these players because they're leaving to go to other programs to benefit their future, which I love. But all their futures aren't going to be in the NFL. And you could transfer to a better program, but if you run a 4.65, you're probably still running that. right? Or if you're 5.11, you're still 5.11. If you're a defensive end at 2.30, that's going to be a challenge if you're not the fastest guy and you're not 2.75 playing in the NFL, which what a lot of guys are. So I think there's some unintended consequences and some unrealistic expectations of players that are in this portal and why they are leaving. And I do think that'll sort itself out because I think the players will start to see the reality of those numbers of people not landing or their draft stock really not growing or you know they could probably make more money if they ended up staying at the school they were at in the current NIL landscape that we're in uh, once that, that thing calms down a little bit. Uh, so, so it's a moving target, man. Um, and, and my stance the whole time has been like, I'm going to try to sit back and, and observe try to enjoy it as entertainment versus get totally caught up in the emotion of it. Cause it's so easy to get caught up and be like, man, nobody wants to compete anymore. Guys just want to bolt. Reality is guys can bolt. And I think the reality is coaching is changing a little bit because you know, your rosters can be so fluid and it'll be interesting to see over the next couple of months, if the calendar changes for coaches, the dates that people can enter and can't enter the portal changes. Cause, cause right now where we are with the, lack of any regulation, clearly anybody could tell you is not great for the game. Yogi Roth joins us here for the Pac-12 Network. I'm Harvey Hyde. You're listening to USC Trojan Talk. Yogi, now another thing, too, that's been part of the change during the portal and now comes along the NIL, as far as other things people have to adjust to. Some people don't like it. Some people like it. I'm not going to ask you one way or another to come out one way. But this is another confusing thing uh, that I've always felt that if you get an athletic scholarship like to USC, that's worth about $70,000 a year. You don't pay any taxes on that. Your parents uh, uh, would have to have made a, a 140000 or or 100000 or more to pay your way. That isn't enough today. Is it that the players, is everybody getting a little bit too greedy It's a tough question because look at these TV contracts, right? Like they're in the billions with a B, you know? So it, I, I understand the lens of players saying, Hey dude, like I'm playing, I'm the product coach X is getting Y uh, the league is getting Z, you know, and our school is getting, you know, Q or whatever. And I just think that, I see where they're coming from, right? But to your point, the road we're going down is professionalism of college athletics, which for some schools and some players makes sense. For most schools and most players don't. And, and that's where I think it's going to be a very interesting dialogue. And look, I, I talked to a prominent head coach a couple weeks ago at the draft and, you know, he said something to me that I hadn't thought of in a long time where he said, look, one of the, biggest things that never gets talked about is that college football is the developmental league for the NFL. And yet the NFL doesn't give a penny to college football. And we all know the big business of college football, but we also know that that big business supports the athletic institutions at all these schools. And nobody, I think, including football people want to see the athletic departments crumble or other sports crumble, but that's what's going to happen if this money continues to go in the direction it's going. So I, I, I just think there has to be uh, – a there there is a reckoning happening in college football. There is a reckoning happening with the NCAA. It's going to be a brand-new model over the course of the next couple of years. But what is it? And, and where do we get hurt? And, and where I keep going back to is kind of how this conversation started is that 
thank God that at 1 o'clock at the Coliseum when I'm calling USC's home opener, nobody can touch and screw with the game. 120 by 53 and a third. And that's really still what we all love. So there's way more noise. There's way more drama. But there's still a student section. There's still games. There's still teams. And, and, I, and I'm so thankful for that. But, yeah, man, you're right. Like, players are going to start getting taxed on these things. You know, players have already said, wow, I didn't know I got taxed on the car that the dealer loaned me. Damn, I, I didn't save up for that. Like, so there's going to be some real brutal realities. And there's a lot of models we could talk about, whether it's the NFL stepping up, whether it's college football disassociating from the NCAA. Of course, the NCAA having to reconfigure their whole model, uh, which is, I believe, taking place anyway. So it's going to move. It's going to be a moving target, man. And what I hope happens is, you know, the game doesn't get ugly, you know, and, and not attractive over the course of the next couple of years. And I don't think it will because it's so big, but it's going to be something to track. Yogi, one thing I'm concerned with, I see it now sort of now going to the high school level. Could it go to that and have yeah. the same type of NIL in the high school levels? It already is, bro. Um, there's quarter. So I'll give you a couple of examples. That, you know, the, the best example is Quinn Ewers last year, who was at Ohio State. Now you could presume he'll be the starter of Texas coming season for Sark. Is that he got offered an NIL deal in Texas. That state did not accept NIL deals at the time for high school players. So he said, all right, I'm out, reclassified, and went to Ohio State and made over a million dollars in NIL deals and never played a snap. Now, part of me loves that as an entrepreneur. I think it's great. But the expectation, that's why I'm writing this book, Five Star QB, is these kids are being labeled five-star guys. They go viral sometimes for a sidearm throw they make at a camp. They are talented, but they're not all Trevor Lawrence. They're not all Tua Tungavailoa. They're not all Caleb Williams. Like, it's just the reality. We see recruiting every year in that, but the expectation is, is such. And now the money is such. And it's happening so early, the thing that still doesn't change is the development and the mental development and the psychological development of a teenager, of a young man. And that's where I think schools, and when I talk to colleges, I say, hey, are you front-loading mental skills when players get to campus on their visit, let alone when they get there enrolled as a student-athlete? Like, I think there's got to be a dramatic investment in that part. Right? We all talk about it, Mental Health Awareness Month, et cetera, which is amazing, but the action, I think, needs to increase tenfold across the country because of what you're saying. Because the next thing that's happening this year is that players in high school who are highly sought after are not wanting to go to the quarterback camp that I'm a part of, the Elite 11, because they are afraid of in, uh, lessening their quote-unquote stock. Right? impacting their brand, I would say, being exposed for maybe just not being the greatest quarterback in the history of recruiting, but being a really good one that has still areas to develop. And I feel for those kids. I feel for those kids because that's, that's, that's not how it should be. Right? They're already being professionalized in terms of the behavior around them, but they're not ready to be that. Like I still love when players get quarterback redshirt as a freshman. It's the first time in their collective football lives they've really been able to exhale and take a minute. Uh, you, you talk to any NFL quarterback, I remember talking to Sam Donald. He loved the ability to redshirt, and then he loved um, when his rookie year was over because he's like, man, it was so hard that first year. Because the minute the Cotton Bowl ended, I was training, I had a pro day, then I'm in minicamp, then it's training camp, and then, damn, it's a season that's almost twice as long as college, and I'm exhausted. Right? So now imagine being 17 with NIL and all the pressure. So uh, it's real, it's happening, and, and I think we need a lot of legislation around it. Um, and it's going to be tricky because who's to stop somebody from making money off themselves uh, due to their name, image, and likeness? I just think that what it's become is so many players getting paid a dramatic amount of money to be affiliated with the opportunity to go to a school. And that's, of course, what every coach is frustrated with right now as well. You're listening to Yogi, Yogi Roth from the uh, Pac-12 Network. I'm Harvey Hyde. I want to take a break, Yogi, but I'm not because I want to keep rolling along with this. So if you're the engineer in the studio which is looking at me, and I'm going to tell him we're going to keep going here for a minute. What's the answer? The answer I look at, it's uh, college football is almost like the NFL now. Uh, yet it's uh, administered in a different way, and I've been saying this for the last couple of years. It needs a, an executive director. It needs a, a Pete uh, Roselle. It needs, a, it needs somebody to sort of, uh, run the whole office. They need their office, the football offices. 
of college football. The other sports, don't get me wrong, they're great sports, but be administered another way. Football needs to now be almost the haves and the haves not, and it's going to separate college football. You're going to have the the big five teams that can do it. Just because you're in a big five or Pac-12 or big five conference doesn't mean you can compete with the other schools. They're all not the same. They don't have all the same boosters and everything else. This has got to be legislated with some type of executive director that runs the whole thing. Your thoughts on that? Bro, we're speaking the same language. Yes, executive director, commissioner, whatever. Because right now, look, let's just be blunt. For the next couple years, what has happened over the last few years since the introduction of the college football playoff is that the executive director of college football is, you know, a great partner of the Pac-12, but it's ESPN. Right? Like they're running college football. College football is not an NCAA sport because it's not an NCAA championship, right? So it's really the content around it that's driving so much of the dialogue. And I think if I had to presume, I think that'll change moving forward. I think you'll see, like the NFL, uh, the media rights, you know, go to a bunch of places versus be owned and operated primarily by one, especially when you're talking about the postseason. Because what has it done? It's driven all the dialogue to the top four teams. And the minute you lose a game, you're really going to get talked about until the last couple weeks of the season if you can make a run back towards the top ten or whatever it may be. So, yes, we need that. And we need that for a bunch of reasons. One, the game has gotten so large. Two, it's perfect timing, especially with the current NCAA president, Mark Emmert, stepping down. I think it's a great opportunity to reconfigure what realities are on college football. I think we need the same thing for the FCS level, Division Two, Division Three, like, this is, sounds a little childish maybe, but we need a building that has four floors, right? And each one of them is a different division of college football. And, and I say that because there's so many things that I think can get fixed. Here's a prime example. I reference Elite 11, the quarterback camp I'm a part of. A college coach 15 years ago could go to a camp, pull out his lawn chair, and watch the top 50 quarterbacks in California all throughout one time. Right? It'd be Jim Harbaugh, Stanford, Chip Kelly, Pete Carroll, whatever. It was awesome. And CAA came down and said, no, you can't do that anymore. So now coaches are counting on YouTube or huddle video, calling guys like myself, but they don't get to evaluate, take it a step further. In spring football, coaches aren't allowed to spend any time with the guys or in spring recruiting right now, coaches aren't allowed to spend any time with prospects. But they go to visit all these high schools. But it's illegal for them to talk to a kid. We all know that it happens. But what happens when five schools all go to school X to visit this kid, four out of the five say hi to the kid, which is illegal, which happens. Then the one school that says, I'm going to abide by the rules, says, hey, I can't talk to you. And the kid is like, dude, they're not into me because they didn't break the rules because they didn't love them up. Right? We're set up for a system of failure a lot of times when it comes to the evaluation of players and, of course, the cultural fit within the program. And when I look at a sport like volleyball, the assistant volleyball coach at USC, for instance, can coach a club volleyball team in San Diego and wear an Adidas uniform and be around the top prospects in the country. Like, it's just totally different rules for totally different sports for totally different reasons, and, and they're really archaic right now. So I love to see the executive director or whatever look at football and say, what is in the best interest of high school recruits and student-athletes? And I think with the advent of all these people in these kids' lives, they need coaches to be in their lives more. They need more freedoms and flexibilities around some of these rules because they're just archaic, to be quite honest with you. And what will happen after that is that they will start a union. And there's a lot of layers to this thing that will happen, but they need somebody in my eyes that looks at college football and says, okay, how do we make it better? And also, how can we be more efficient? Right? How can we not take three years to deal with sanctions or an issue on a campus like we just need that and uh and i think it's going to happen i really do i think in five years we'll be talking and the ncaa will be a whole different conversation i agree with you yogi roth joins us here on our usc trojan talk show live in the inland empire every saturday morning on am 1490 on your dial and again in las vegas we welcome all of you this thursday evening on uh, am 1400 we want to thank terrible herbs and coors light for the sponsorship of USC Trojan Talk, and a lot of you need to rent a car or truck. The next time you're in Las Vegas, call Budget Car and Truck Rental. 
Their telephone number is 702-736-1212. That's 702-736-1212. I'm Harvey Hyde. Buckle up and fight on. We'll be right back. fans announcing Terrible's Game Day Giveaway. Enter for your chance to shop, scratch, and score a $1,000 Raiders shopping spree during every game day. Here's your play call. Run a slant route to the nearest participating Terrible Chevron location on Raiders game days. Catch a scratch card and enter your unique code in the Terrible Social House app. And you could score that week's $1,000 Raiders shopping spree. Terrible's, your only place to shop, scratch, and score. Visit Terrible's.com for more details. Hello, I'm Fletcher Jones Jr., and I'm proud to be a Trojan. There's nothing like the winning tradition of the Cardinal and Gold, and I believe those same high standards of discipline, hard work, and a winning attitude will make you a champion in anything you do. At Fletcher Jones Dealerships, we always try to exceed our clients' expectations with services and amenities you won't find anywhere else. Here in Las Vegas, we have Mercedes-Benz at Fletcher Jones Imports and Toyota and Scion at Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion. Two excellent facilities with superb products and friendly, knowledgeable people. I hope the next time you're in the market for a new or pre-owned vehicle, you'll visit Fletcher Jones Imports or Fletcher Jones Toyota Scion and let us show you how hard we'll work to earn and keep your business. Until then, fight on. Pizza, pizza, pizza. If you're like me, pizza's not just a food, it's a way of life. And the folks at Cetabello Pizza get every detail just right. Homemade dough made daily and hand-tossed. Extra virgin olive oil, freshly chopped tomatoes and basil, and generous portions of mozzarella cheese with a dizzying array of toppings. Join me at one of their two area locations, one at Green Valley Parkway, another one at Fort Apache and Sahara. No time to dine out? No problem. Order today and take it to go at setabello.net. That's setabello.net. Setabello Pizza, when only the best will do. Dogs Brewing Company is proud to be Las Vegas' original hometown brewery since 1993. Our handcrafted beers are brewed fresh daily at Big Dogs Draft House by our team of award-winning brewers. Big Dogs Brews are now available in cans at major retailers like Lee's Discount Liquor, Total Wine & More, Whole Foods Markets, Smith's, Albertson's, Terrible Stations, and more. Big Dogs beers are available on draft at select restaurants and bars around Las Vegas. Ask for Big Dogs Brews by name. Visit us at BigDogsBrews.com to track down our local, award-winning, handcrafted brews or stop by Big Dogs Draft House to sample a full range of our classic seasonal and specialty ales. Drink fresh, drink local, drink Big Dogs. Well, welcome back to USC Trojan Talk Live in Las Vegas, Nevada, here on this Thursday evening, brought to us by Terrible Herbs and Coors Light. And in the Inland Empire, it's Saturday morning. Good morning, everyone. Between 11 and 12, you're listening to USC Trojan Talk on AM 1490 on your dial. Our guest, Yogi Roth, from the Pac-12 Network. Uh, we sort of uh, listed all the things that Yogi has accomplished. He's now having uh, a new book he just uh, told us about that will be coming out. And some of those topics we're discussing here this evening and this morning. So uh, maybe uh, I wish he had this book completed because we could get it out and tell everybody how to get it. But, Yogi, we can't do that right now unless you can. <laughs> Yogi, can you tell people about this new book? I can tell you all about it, but uh, it won't be out to pre-order for about another month and a half or so. But I'll make sure I send you a copy, and uh, you can share it with your audience if you're so obliged, man. Hey, I'll tell you, if you want to sometime this summer, just jump on for a 10-minute session, and we'll I'm talk in. about it. Let me know. Let's do it, man. Let's go. I'm I, in. I'd love to. I want to do it. I want everybody to read a book, a book like what you read. You come out with so many... Uh, Great thoughts, but let, uh, this is what a lot of people want to know. You you work a lot in the Pac-12 uh, offices and so on, and you know, being that this show is in Las Vegas currently now, and you know, you have the Pac-12 championship game in Las Vegas now. You have the tournament basketball tournament in Las Vegas right now, and the Pac-12 has a commissioner from Las Vegas right now. What about the new commissioner? What can you tell us? <laughs> yeah, uh, George Klyovkov is incredible. Uh, he really is. Um, We've been lucky to get to know him since he's taken over. Uh, I'm a big fan of a lot of things. I think the number one thing is his creativity. Um, you know, he's been in a lot of big places before that are different 
than what traditional sports administrators have done, right? If you look around other conferences and the backgrounds of a lot of the commissioners, it's just the outlier. And I think as all the things we've talked about in the first 40 minutes or so of this show, right, coaches, the sport's changing, right? Like it's not what it was. I I don't think um, it's in the best interest of anybody in college football to only have people that have only lived in college athletics running everything. Right, so I love what he brings, and you add in the mix of Teresa Gould in our office and Jamie Zaninovich, you know, people that are right on, right below him in terms of direct reports, responsible for so many sports. I think it's a great combination of people who've lived college athletics in so many fronts, and then him, right? He's been at Major League Baseball when they launched the most successful app in all of sport. He was at MGM Grand, dealing with so many big personalities, so many elements of entertainment. Uh, he was part of the launch of Hulu. Right, so he's been around a lot in media and in the world of college football now, like it's about content, right? And he also loves how college athletics is about the student athlete experience. And while we are talking about NIL and the portal and all these big numbers around players possibly earning money, et cetera, the majority of them are still student athletes, yeah. right? They, they, they go to college and they get a scholarship as you referenced before. So, I, I love him, man. I love the future of our league. I love where we're going. And I think I'm really excited to see how it shakes out. You know, Vegas has been great for us, obviously the championship game. Um, and then now, you know, obviously everybody heard about what we're doing as a league, right? Kind of work from home. It can be remote work. And we're also going to get to more campuses as a leadership group, uh, you know, every couple of weeks or whatever it ends up becoming in the season. So I'm excited for him. And, you know, it's a cool time for the, for the network and the conference, right? Our rights are up in two years. I love the talent within the league this year, and I think it, the Pac-12 is about to make a, a big upswing in college football. Well, let's take a look at the league. Uh, one thing uh, the commissioner has said, uh, football is very important for the conference. It's the face of the conference. Now, some uh, people like that, some people don't. But you know, and I know, and television knows, it is the face of the conference. Your thoughts? Yeah, man. Um it is, and I'm I'm excited for it, right? I go and I've got this document where every player on every roster is listed by position, so you can compare them, right? And when I look at whether it's the quarterbacks, the running backs, the wideouts, like the touchdown makers, this year, man, I'm fired up. I can't wait to see Travis die at SC. Uh, I can't wait to see some of these explosive wideouts at UCLA, like Jake Bobo transferred from Duke. I, I can't wait to see some of these new players at Arizona, right? They bring in an incredible transfer wide receiver um, from, from UTEP that I just think is one of the best guys, and Jacob Cowing, that has come in the portal in the country. Colorado, they get R.J. Sneed from Baylor. Like, there's a lot of fun talent to dive into within the league. And, look, I think the sexiness of offense is what sells, right? And this is a huge year to sell, right? This is going to set the market as we begin, and they've already begun negotiations to really get into it throughout the season and after the season. So I think the better the product on the field, and we know offense sells, the more exciting it is. And I'm saying that coming right from Vegas in the draft where three out of the four first-round picks in the Pac-12 are defensive players. So I think there's a lot of talent, man. And, uh, and I, I just, I, I'm excited to take a break, but I look forward to training camp and getting into games and seeing some of these teams compete. Well, let's talk about USC. This is USC Trojan Talk yeah. with Yogi Roth. I'm Harvey Hyde. Let's talk about USC spring game for our final minutes here on today's show and this morning, this evening's show. Uh, what did you see in the Coliseum that you like, and how do you explain the new Trojan face with uh, Coach Lincoln Riley? Well, I came over, as you referenced, from UCLA, and walking down the tunnel and Looking out and seeing that crowd, I had an instant flashback to when I was on that staff and what spring football, the spring game, and what excitement felt like. Right, like you were, you know, like the buzz was was unique, right? And and I just think that he's brought that back. I think the talent, right, the practices that I went to, um, the new players, they were elevated, right? They moved differently. There's a different type of explosion from Brendan Rice. Right, obviously the linebackers, some defensive players they brought in. The roster's just, as Lincoln told us on signing day, the overhaul is happening, right? And it's not done. It sounds like they just got a guy earlier today. Uh, who knows who it is? I think everybody's anticipating it being Jordan Addison, 
the Boletnikov winner from Pitt. I, I will find out if it is or if it isn't from the portal. But my my takeaway was there's a little bit of confidence back, and not the the BS confidence. You know, excuse my language, but it was it was grounded. And I think Lincoln brings a, a grounded confidence to a team. Schematically, I love what he does. I spent two years ago studying the run game in Oklahoma in the offseason because of Graham Harrell coming to USC, and I want to really understand the air raid in a different way. And I thought that his run game was one of the best in the country in terms of offensive linemen moving, athletic old linemen, a pound of the rock, setting things up for your quarterback. And now you bring in Caleb Williams, who's incredibly gifted. You know, I'm not here to elevate him more than what I think reality is because he hasn't played a full season. I think he's getting a dramatic amount of hype and knowing him a little bit, he's handling it incredibly. Right. So I think he's going to be a great pro. He's in the book that, that I've been referencing and you read his answers about recruiting and his process and everyone is around. him. He's just different. He thinks different. He operates like a pro. And uh, I, I agree with that. So I'm excited for him. Defensively, Alex Grinch, we've known for a long time, right? Coming from Washington state, then Ohio State in their Rose Bowl game uh, against Washington. He's on that staff. And then, of course, at Oklahoma, it's going to be an aggress- aggressive attacking defense. I spent time with them after the spring game that afternoon, and they know they've got some holes to fill, but they're going to play hard. They're going to play tough. And, and I love how their schedule lays out for them. So we'll see. They've got some tests early on, of course, Stanford in week two, Fresno State, and Jake Hayner's in the conversation for best passer in the country. The Duke can deal at Fresno State. They got to go to Oregon State. They got to go to Utah. So we'll learn a lot. But I said this since Lincoln got hired, and I still believe it. Mark it down. When they play Notre Dame in their finale, I think they win at home at the Collie, and that sets their momentum and trajectory up into year two under Lincoln Riley. And that's when I think they're going to make a lot of legit noise around the country. Yogi, I'll tell you what excited me about USC spring uh, practice and spring game. It was a game. I went to it and I watched it. I felt like I was at a game, not a a social event or, you know, two-head tag or some dance concept, uh, contest. Uh, it was a game. They went out and they hit. They got it done. They played the game of football. The only way you get better is play football. I was impressed with that. Everything went. Everything was live. It was something that I walked away with a good feeling. Yeah, I'm with you, man. I, I, I believe this. I saw this when Justin Wilcox took over at Cal. He said, look, we just need team reps. And I think his first spring they had 1,200 team reps, right? Same thing when he gets to training camp. Like, you just need team reps. I love the, the simple line you just said. They played football. And I, and I think that is going to be necessary, especially with all these new faces. And Lincoln knows it, right? We saw him last week at the coaches' meetings, the annual meetings in Scottsdale. And uh, he knows the deal. Like, he knows he's got to build a culture. He's got a lot of new faces. I'm a believer that it takes 18 months to instill a culture within a college football program. He won't have 18 months prior to their first game. I mean, he won't even have 12 months, right? So it's not going to be as easy as I think experts and uh, you know magazines might say heading into the season. I think it's, they're going to have some challenges, but they've got talent. They've got an incredible acumen from the staff, and I think the players got a real want to. You know, I'm really excited, and I think it's cool that he's coming in new and he's developing new relationships, and he's kind of just saying, "Hey, look, this is SC." Like you got to play at a, at a certain standard, period. And, and the era of football that we're in right now, we know that if, if you're not at that standard, the coaches will – no one's ever kicking anybody off a team, let's be clear, but they're saying, hey, man, I don't know if they're going to play here. And guys want to go play. So I think that's why we've seen such turnover. I don't think we'll see that type of turnover at SC ever again. Uh, and I think they're going to continue to grow in recruiting. And I think Lincoln Riley is going to get the machine going. And I think all the SC fans that want to be back to the era – you know, when I was there, Coach Carroll had it rolling. It won't be, it won't be exactly like that because everybody's a lot better in this league, in my opinion. But I think he's gonna have a chance to make the Coliseum a very special place. Yogi, one last question. We're running out of time, and I'll, I'll ask you this: How do you look at the uh, Pac-12 as far as nationally this year, as far as co- competing uh, and getting the exposure it needs? I'm really high on the league, man. Right, we got guys that I think are legit Heisman candidates. Cam Rising needs to be a household name. Quarterback at Utah is a five-star prospect. Went to Texas, transferred back to the league. Bo Nix, five-star prospect. Ty Thompson, right? who's going to be the quarterback? We referenced Caleb. Dorian's a four-year starter. Cameron Ward is, is a beast. What do you see him at Washington State? Uh, I'm really excited about the league, and I think there's a lot of names that are going to carry a lot of national recognition. 
But at the end of the day, we got to win some of these non-cons, right? Utah's got to go to Florida. What can they do? I, I think Oregon's positioned well to play Georgia well in the opener, right? Can they get that win? It's a road game. I don't care how many times we've seen neutral on the schedule. They're going to Atlanta to play the University of Georgia in the same state right, that they reside in. Can they go and make some noise there? And some other big non-cons, right? we got Oklahoma State and Arizona State. Uh, Cal goes to Notre Dame in Week 3. There's some big non-con games, and I think we got the players in this league that I feel really confident about going in to the non-conference schedule. And, and I, I, I say this all the time, man. The Pac-12 has not been squeezed out of the playoff. We've just beaten each other at inopportune times. Arizona State beating Oregon, Oregon beating Utah, Utah not you know having their quarterback settled last year early on in the season. So I think we'll be positioned just fine to take a run at this thing heading into the season at a spot in the CFP and, and make some noise in the postseason. Yogi, I'll tell you what an hour this is with you. I'll tell you, it's, uh, it's, it's just enlightening to have you on the show. And I'll tell you, that's why you're good at what you do. Uh, you're an intelligent young man, and, and you got your, your your ducks all lined up right, buddy. You really do. You know, it took me 82 years to figure out how smart you are, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Coach. I love talking to you. I want to do it more. Thank you. I'll tell you what, when you get that book out, I'm going to have you on just to talk about your book, and we'll sell those books, okay? You come on all my different Let's shows and different stations, okay? I'm in, baby. Let's do it in July, right before the season. All right. Give my love to your family and your children. Thank you for giving us an hour of your life, okay? Anytime, man. I love you, man. Thank you. Love you, too. Yogi Ross, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the Pac-12 Network. This young man is just about... Not at all. If he didn't impress you, man, oh, man, I'll tell you what, uh, he, he's very well-spoken and knows what he's talking about. And I think that's what you want to hear today, the honest-to-gosh uh, truth of what's going on. So all of you out there in the Inland Empire, yeah, you can stretch. It's time to get out of bed between 11 and 12. We're with you every Saturday morning on AM 1490 on your dial. Year-round and in Las Vegas, we got to thank Justin, our engineer, because without him it doesn't happen. we got to thank our sponsor at Sponsors in Las Vegas for USC Trojan Talk. That's Terribles and Coors Light. And again, I want to thank also Meadows Bank. You know, Meadows Bank is, says, is your business ready to play in the big leagues? Meadows Bank can help you tackle a competition. Make your play and visit them today at MeadowsBank.com or call 471-BANK. That's 471-BANK. So, good morning and good evening, everyone. We hope your team wins. I'm Harvey Hyde. Fight on it. Buckle up. 